Good morning, everybody. You can start finding your seats, and we'll get our time started together. If you're lucky enough to uh, score a seat underneath a fan, that's always helpful. But it's good to see everybody this morning. It's good to be together. And uh, if you're new with us, uh, my name is Ben, uh, and this is our worship band for this morning. And um, we're going to just take some time this morning to worship God. Um, and we're going to just start off with three songs. We have House of the Lord. Um, we just proclaim, you know, we worship the God who was, who is, and who evermore will be. Um, and we're just singing about the joy that we have as we're together. And then uh, we're going to sing, I thank God, just to thank him for his goodness, to thank him uh, for bringing us out of the darkness, and then be thou my vision as we look forward and we ask God to continue guiding us uh, out of the darkness. So um, we just invite you to sing along with us. And... Uh, Feel free to stand and clap your hands and join us in joyful praise. We're the prisoners, now we're running free. 
the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet.
Waking 
are sleeping, thy presence, my life. Be thou my wisdom. Be thou my wisdom, and thou my true.
struggling this morning, God, would you lift up our spirits together? God, would you encourage us? Would you let us know that you are near and that you never forsake us? God, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, as part of our um, worship, <laughs> that's okay, uh, we just always remember that our offerings, our tithes, um, and our finances are part of that worship. And so um, if you came prepared to give, uh, you can give online or we'll have a basket on your way out. And um, yeah, and so we just thank you for everything that you guys contribute and donate to uh, Crossroads and um, really, again, just helps us to be the community that God wants us to be, to love God and to love others. So I'm going to invite Leanne and Stacy up. I jumped the gun there. I got up too early. Isn't it great to be together? I know it must be okay to be together because last week I threatened to throw breakfast sandwiches at Deb and Brian and they came back this week. So, like, <laughs> I apologise. I admit I did that. <laughs> um, so today is going to be a busy day. We're going to be very efficient. We are going to reflect. Stacy, this is Stacy, one of our elders. Hi, Hi Stacy. She's going to reflect on last two weeks where we've talked about the world. And then we're going to have a quick discussion about that. And then I'm going to give you one quick thought uh, about the whole series. Can you believe that? I'm going to wrap up the whole series in one quick thought. No. And then we're going to have another little time of discussion. And then we thought we, when we started this series, I don't know if you remember, the very first day we took communion together as a way of celebrating Jesus' victory, as in he has beaten sin, death, and won the war. And then we've spent a lot of weeks talking about how we fight the battles as we are in that war. So I thought it would be great today to finish with communion and those same verses in Ephesians that we started with, but we're going to do that in our little discussion groups, okay? So we'll bring the communion around, and that's how we'll finish today. So everybody tracking? And the kids are going to go and sit with Beth after Stacey's shared, so we'll give directions for that too. But thanks, Stacey. I'm going to hand it over to you. She says thank you, but really she threatened me too. <laughs> I was going to warn everybody, don't have an in-depth conversation with Leanne the week before Reflection Sunday, or you'll end up here. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm really happy to do it. Um, I, um, I don't know about you, but I have loved this summer series that Tom has done based on the book Live No Lies by John Mark Comer. And I love a message that leaves me reflecting and contemplating and challenged and, you know, well beyond the Sunday morning message. And last week's lesson or message um, in particular did that for me. Uh, when Tom talked about the importance of our role in community, you know, he touched on our, our role here in our family, church family community, and we each have a, a role, a purpose, a, um, a calling, and we're all important in that role in our community. And then outside our comfy little church community here, our role in the world, and how we as Christians are called to reflect Jesus's character um, to those we interact with, those who may know Jesus and those who may not know Jesus, and how 
we should look different in what those reaction or interactions look like. So there was there was that Sunday morning got me thinking, got me challenged, and then I went to a Bible study Monday night. <clears throat> I'm part of an amazing Bible study. And I have to say that because my fearless leader, Janice, has come to support me this morning. Um, <laughs> but she, um, I'm, I'm part of a Bible study with non-Crossroads women. And we have been meeting every other week. We were trying to figure out for at least the last eight or nine years, maybe 10. Um, it's just a, an amazing life group. We, we truly share everything um, and have some great great discussion and growth, but this summer we've been working through a video series by Lisa Harper, and it's about the, um, the compassion that Jesus shows in the Gospel of Luke. And this past Monday night was a great, great lesson, and again, one that left me really thinking, really contemplating and challenged. Um, so I want to share with you first some of the things we learned Monday night. Um, I'll tie it all together in a, in a little bit. Um, but I also <laughs> want to be specific and like what I share with you about the, the Bible study is from Lisa Harper. I don't want to portray that it was all my, all my thoughts. I'll get to my thoughts later. Um, so on Monday night, we looked at two Bible passages. Um, and uh, the first Bible passage, I'm actually going to read from Mark, even though we're studying the book of Luke. Um, these are accounts that are recorded in many Gospels. Um, and I'm just going to read the two passages for you first. Um, the first one is from Mark chapter 1, verses 40 and 41. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. Obviously, we're talking about Jesus. If you are willing, make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. <clears throat> I'm going to read with you. I don't have a verse for this one, but I want to read with you to you the same exact passage, just in the ESV translation, because the wording is a little different, um, which is going to be relevant. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. So we're going to leave that there for a second. And the second passage that we learned about is from Luke, um, and it's the story of um, Jesus raising a, a woman's son from the dead. It's from Luke 7. Um, 11 through 15. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bear that they were carrying him on, and the bears stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. 
the dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. So in both of these passages, there are a couple of obvious similarities. Um, Jesus was, was um, you know, confronted with a situation in which he felt moved and performed a miracle, healing leprosy, healing, raising this woman's son from the dead. Um, and you'll notice in the different translation, depending on which gospel you read, depending on which translation you read, um, but the, the, um, the way in which Jesus felt, um, sometimes you'll see, like we saw, moved with pity, moved with compassion, felt sorry for, um, even the word indignant, which can mean um, angry because of a gross injustice or unfairness. Um, all of these English translations are all trying to capture the meaning of the um, root Greek word used in the initial writings. And this word that we're going to see is <laughs> this word. <laughs> How's that? Um, Leanne told me not to swear when I try to say this. <laughs> um, splagnizoma. So it's very fun to say. Thank you. Thank you. I've been practicing a lot. Um, so I love this word, splagnizoma. Splagnizoma. Um, and the literal translation of this Greek word means from the gut. It takes this whole level of compassion, felt sorry for, just felt compassionate for, to a whole new level. Jesus felt this visceral compassion in both of these stories that compelled him to instantly act, instantly move and do something. It wasn't the kind of compassion that I think about that I might show to people. And I started wondering when, if ever, have I ever felt this level of compassion? Or have I allowed myself to feel this level of compassion? Obviously, Jesus was moved to the point of performing miracles in both of these. I can't do that. But <laughs> have I done what's in my ability in certain situations and allowed myself to show this gut-level compassion. The two passages also have one glaring difference. <clears throat> In the first one, you see a man with leprosy saw Jesus, and a couple of things happened. First, he acknowledged Jesus for who he was. He acknowledged his sovereignty. In one of the translations, it says he started with Lord. He acknowledged who he was, acknowledging his power, um, and then fell on his knees begging Jesus to feel for him, begging him to do something to help him. And we know the story. Of course, Jesus did, and he healed him. But in the second story, <clears throat> the um, text shows us that that. Jesus came upon this funeral procession of a woman who was already a widow, so she'd already buried her husband. 
and now she was burying her only child. She didn't cry out for help. She didn't, at least as far as we know, even acknowledge Jesus' presence, his sovereignty, who he was, or that he was even there. But he was still moved with the same level of compassion for her as he was with the man who cried out for help. That hit me hard. Jesus saw her. <clears throat> now, here's where it gets kind of ironic. God is so funny sometimes. <clears throat> I have this great feeling, this great, like, wow, Sunday's morning's message was really it was really great, Tom. It was reflective. It made me thinking. Monday night, I went to Bible study. Another great teaching. Um, two great teachings in two days. This is great. Leaves me a lot to think about. <laughs> and little, you know, did I know God was thinking, mm, we'll talk at 3 a.m. And, <laughs> and we did. And <clears throat> that's when I started to really, <laughs> started to hit me. Um, as we talk about how we look or should look different in the community around us, how we are to continually refine how we reflect Jesus' character, and this idea of this splagnitsama compassion, where am I with this? Where am I specifically with showing compassion to each other? Because this is a huge part of Jesus' character. And if I'm ignoring that part, then I'm I really um, listening to where God is wanting me to, to change. In my group Monday night, we also talked about a couple of questions. <clears throat> we kind of kicked around the, the thoughts of why didn't this woman cry out? Why didn't she ask Jesus for help? And again, we don't have a whole lot of confirmation or um, context in the text whether or not this woman knew Jesus, whether she had heard of him, whether she believed like the man, like the leper, um, who he was. Maybe she didn't. But we do know that in the moment, having already lost her husband, now losing her one and only son, we can imagine how distraught she was, how just overwhelmed with grief, with her circumstances, that she couldn't even look up. Then we even kicked around the idea of maybe, maybe she did know who Jesus was, but doubted his full power. Maybe she thought, yeah, you can heal the leper, but he's still living. My son is dead. What can you do now? It's final. It's over. <clears throat> or like I said, maybe she just didn't even recognize him. Maybe she didn't even know who he was. Well, there's another discussion that God and I were having. <laughs> who in my life is so overwhelmed with their circumstances, whether they are 
just buried in their own grief, their own devastation, their own sadness or anxiety or depression or just just different situation where they can't even look up. They can't look to see Jesus, much less see who he is. And is it my job as a Christ follower to open my heart enough to be able to see people, whether they're crying out for help or not? <clears throat> well, 3 a.m. the next day, <laughs> next day, God kind of took it another level. I am, I am so thankful for a God who knows that I need to take things in little tiny steps, <laughs> that I can't get there all at once. Um, and I'm thinking, wow, this is a great, like, this message and this Bible lesson, they've really come together perfectly and really made me think about a lot of things. And then he asked me, but who? Who specifically? Who in my life do I know that calls out for help, that has is down on their knees begging for help, begging for any help, begging for mercy, begging for compassion, for help, and it's a little too inconvenient for me. Or I'm hard-hearted towards that person for because of their actions in the past or because I don't think they deserve it. That was another discussion question we had in our Bible study. Who do we think doesn't deserve or doesn't need compassion? Um, and the answer isn't great because we, we do think there are people who don't deserve compassion. You know, the nice answer is to believe that, oh, everybody deserves it, and they do. But that's not how I act all the time. So as, as God is, like, plucking away in my heart those hard-heartedness, he really revealed to me a, a specific person in my family that is really struggling and struggles with the same um, the same addictions that other people I know have struggled with and yet my compassion for those other people is like this and my compassion for my family member is this, because he's offended me. Because he has not been interested in a relationship with me. Because he, there's a lot of baggage there. And that's hard to sift through. And he's not given me compassion when I need it. And he can go to somebody else and get that compassion. And you know what? His choice has got him there. And all of those things have stopped me from giving him, showing him this spladnitsma level compassion that Jesus calls me to do. And I want to get a little side note here on this. <clears throat> Last
last year we spent a great deal of time of learning these great skills in our emotionally healthy spirituality and our emotionally healthy relationships, great relational skills. <clears throat> there are relationships that are difficult. The one I just mentioned is one. And there are relationships where there need to be very healthy boundaries. And I am not in any way encouraging anyone to put yourself in a position that is emotionally unhealthy in order to show compassion to someone. So I wanted to make that clear. God specifically was speaking to me that there are ways I can show compassion to this family member with healthy boundaries in place because that is what ne is needed for that relationship. So let's not forget those skills that we learned too. Um, so the unseen. God also wanted me to really delve deep into who I miss. Who do I walk right past, either don't think of or think fairly about? Because, again, it's inconvenient, or I don't have the time, or I like to say, oh, I'll pray for that, and then move on. Prayer is good, by the way, not saying it's not, but there are some times that I personally can say that as a, that's what I'm going to do for you whereas I might be able to do something else. Um, I started thinking about all sorts of relationships, you know. Is it the person at work who I find annoying? <laughs> or the person at work who, who is quiet to herself, but I know through the rumor mill at work that she's going through a very, very difficult time but because she never says anything, it's just kind of left there. Is it the panhandler at Walmart that blocks my way into the door and I'm more un, you know, unnerved by them being there rather than taking a moment to think about why they're there or in my mind, give all these excuses as to why that person is in that situation and I don't have to stop and feel compassion. Whatever it is and whatever it ends up being for you, <clears throat> I know that God was specifically showing me, but you are the one reflecting Jesus' character. How are you doing that to people who need compassion in this world? If my continual um, goal is to, to reflect more and more of his character, then this is something that continually should be developing in me. And people should see Jesus when they see me, not an annoyed family member or an impatient coworker or all of these other things that I know I've been. I really hope that God's done giving me this lesson this week because <laughs> it's kind of a lot. Um, it doesn't always feel great, you know, when, when God really hits you hard and wants to refine something in your heart, but it is so good. And it's not good just for our benefit. 
if I were to learn this lesson that God is trying to show me this week and just sit comfortably in it, I miss the point. The point of me reflecting Jesus' character is to show that to others so that they may come to know him. Our faith is to be shared, our belief in Jesus to be shared with those around us and those we come in contact with. <clears throat> and my personal goal to feel, allow myself to feel more of this gut level compassion for people. Will you pray with me? <clears throat> Father God, thank you for this gathering this morning. Thank you for our amazing church family that we have here. Thank you that we can be open and authentic with each other so that we may grow in you and glorify you, Lord. I ask that you continue to move us closer to those things that move us closer to you and separate us from things that separate us from you. And that our hearts remain open to how you want to refine us, Lord. Thank you for loving us. In your name, amen. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like more of us needed to hear that. <laughs> you can sit down now. All right, so we're going to break into groups. And basically, the, the question, there's only one question, is, respond <laughs> to that like what did what went through your head as Stacy was sharing and then like I said I'll get communion stuff out to the groups and just uh, bring us back to that point in a few minutes so if you can just make small groups where you are turn your chairs and yeah just share try and say the word out loud that's a good start and then <laughs> then share and I'm going to say goodbye to the online people have a great week um, and yes, we'll move into groups and if the kids want to sit at the back table, Beth is there.